Welcome to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. This week, I'm joined by Adam Whitlam, part of the Toronto-based fixed income sales team. This episode is titled Onward and Upward. I'm Ben Reitzis, and welcome to Views from the North. Each episode, I will be joined by members of BMO's FIC sales and trading desk to bring you perspectives on the Canadian rates market and the macro economy. We strive to keep this show as interactive as possible by responding directly to questions submitted by our listeners and clients. We value your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out with any topics you'd like to hear about. I can be found on Bloomberg or via email at benjamin.writesis at bmo.com. That's benjamin.reitzes at bmo.com. Your input is valued and greatly appreciated. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. Adam, welcome back to the show. Good to have you on again. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, honored to be your last guest of 2021. Spoiler alert. <laughs> this will be the last episode uh, of the year. Uh, it is almost time for vacation for most of us. So, For our last episode, I'd, uh, I'd like to discuss the Bank of Canada's latest meeting. And then we'll get to the outlook for 2022. But but let's start with the bank. Last week's meeting came and went, and, and they weren't nearly as hawkish, I think, as everybody feared. Uh, they didn't drop the bomb that they could be raising rates in January. They kept their forward guidance. Uh, so effectively status quo, really. And, and it's really the first time the bank has not kind of out-hawked themselves. Uh, and, and we saw the market react accordingly, uh, backed off from our most aggressive pricing. Uh, that's unwound a bit this week, but uh, what what are your thoughts on the bank here? Uh, well, uh, I mean, it looks like the the Bank of Canada likes a little bit of volatility in their market because they seem to have unwound some of what they said at the bank meeting last week today when they talked about uh, you know forward guidance, the need to remove forward guidance being kind of the next step toward raising rates, and when they discussed you know some of the changes with this whole. You know, dual mandate light, we'll call it. You know, the inflation ban still in that sort of one to three percent area, but with a nod toward full employment. I mean, uh, Macklin made it very clear today that that applies when inflation is at their two percent target. But when you're running well north of that, which is where we are right now, as we saw in CPI today at four point seven percent, unchanged from last month, uh, that uh, you know that's no longer a factor, and that they want to get inflation under control. So you're, you're getting a lot of this seesaw action. I, th- I think part of the uh, the back and forth in, in markets, I think the market just got Monday wrong. I think when they came out with that, with the inflation mandate, uh, with the new inflation mandate, which really isn't new, everybody thought it was dovish. And in reality, it, it just isn't. Like, we're, we're not in those circumstances. Not not only is inflation running at almost 5%, but the jobless rates at 6%. Like, there isn't a lot of slack in the labor market at this point, not enough to drive or keep policy rates at 25 basis points. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I think after listening to Macklin today, it seems pretty clear that they do want to raise rates, not quite as soon as possible, but but pretty darn close. Uh, the, the issue right now is, is Omicron, and we're seeing restrictions tighten throughout the country, and that looks like it's going to be the trend for at least the next few weeks or so, and the holidays probably are going to be an issue as people get together and, and they're maybe a little bit less cautious generally as we've seen in past years. And so uh, case counts almost certainly are going to rise over the next month or so, call it. Uh, and, and that will impact the bank's decision in January. 
Uh, we'll see what the data do as well, but with Omicron kind of trending the wrong way, I think January is a, a pretty tough sell for them to be moving on rates, but they could very well signal in January that they want to go in March if they drop their forward guidance. I think that that's uh, very much on the table if the data lean the right way. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think at, even at the Bank of Canada meeting uh, the, the week prior, I mean, they did make reference to the labor market had improved quite significantly and that there wasn't that much slack in it. And so, you know, maybe when this dual mandate light came out, you know, Governor Macklin wanted to come out and enforce like, no, like we told you the labor market is in a much better place. And, and you know, we were clear at the October Bank of Canada meeting that we're going to do what's necessary to, to curb inflation. And this doesn't change that. Exactly right. They are, they, are, they are worried about inflation. Inflation has been the big topic for at least the second half of 2021. Uh, I think it's still going to be a big topic for at least the first half of 2022, uh, maybe, maybe beyond there. So let's move to the outlook for next year, uh, just, just a few short weeks away. My, I guess, my three biggest thoughts, and this is what I'm putting in the uh, 2022 Canada Strategy Preview, uh, the biggest themes are, are sticky inflation. And, and it, it's Really tough to see inflation backing off materially uh, in, in the near term. Inflation probably stays pretty elevated through at least the first half of the year, and the risks are probably on the upside. Uh, energy prices pulling back have helped a lot, but there's no guarantee they stay down here. And if Omicron is the last wave, then uh, you could see some normalization again, put oil back at 80 or 90 bucks. That, that, uh, that's going to drive another spike in energy prices, uh, and, 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 and CPI would, uh, would, would rise accordingly. Uh, second theme would be tighter monetary policy. And we, we already talked about the Bank of Canada. The Fed upped their dots today. Uh, Powell was not super hawkish by any means, but it, it's pretty clear that they want to keep the, the, their options open to raise rates uh, more or less as soon as they can. Uh, that doesn't mean they're going to go in, in March or, or May or necessarily as, as immediately, but they want to at least have the option there. And, and uh, uh, we've already seen some other central banks uh, around the world tightening policy. And the third theme is that the recovery is going to continue. Uh, I, I mean, that there's going to be speed bumps and uh, probably more so in Canada, given the, the restrictions that are coming. But uh, their households are in really good shape. Monetary policy is still stimulative, believe it or not, uh, just because they're pulling back on bond buying or raising rates to 50 or 100 basis points. It's still just 1%, guys. Uh, that, that's not a particularly punitive rate. Uh, so the, the, the economy is still going to likely be in good shape, I think, through the course of the year. Uh, again, even if there are some speed bumps, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pretty positive on things still. Adam, what are your what are your thoughts on next year? Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you. Like, sticky inflation is going to remain. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see um, demand for goods drive inflation higher. We've seen things that are stickier, like wage inflation, kind of come into the market as well, and and uh, higher rents, and that stuff doesn't tend to go away very fast. So, uh, I think you know, in the beginning quarter of 2022, we were looking for maybe some year-over-year comparisons, which might push inflation down. But it looks like at this point, I think the risk is that those won't be pushed down. If anything, they'll be stronger than expected. And and that will just exacerbate, you know, rate hike fever and, and put pressure to the Bank of Canada to, you know, normalize rates sooner than expected. You know, we were talking about this earlier in the week that, you know, the Bank of Canada, the tendency from them over the last decade or so, I guess it'd be longer than a decade, probably 20 years, is that when they start a rate hike cycle, they typically like to hike rates 
consecutively after that. So, you know, we're paving the way for something like a, you know, a 25 beep hike in March, followed by a 25 beep hike in April, and, and possibly another one after that. So I think we'll get a scenario where uh, you will see these consecutive rate hikes early on in the year in Canada, followed by a pause, see how it gets absorbed, see what the impact is to the economy, see what the impact is to the housing market, which we're still very vulnerable. I mean, indebtedness in this country is still sort of touching uh, record highs or close to record highs. So uh, that's still going to be something they're watching really closely. Uh, but yeah, inflation, I think, is going to persist. And as a result, we're going to see uh, we're going to see higher rates in the front end uh, in the very near future. So, what what trades are you looking at? Any any products or anything at all that uh, grabs your attention as a trade for twenty twenty two? Yeah, I, I've had a look at a couple of uh, like the meeting gap flies. Uh, looking at things like March, April, June. Uh, given what I was saying about the propensity for the bank to hike at consecutive meetings and how that's kind of existed over the last little while, you know, you can put on trades where, you know, you can receive April versus pay the wings. And, and we're talking about, you know, one and a half to one and three quarter basis points differentials on that stuff, which is quite skinny when you see a 25 beep hike uh, at each one of those meetings. So I, I think the risk reward there favors putting on some of these flies. I still like... Some of the pricing in the front end, uh, you know, we don't have as nearly as much. I think the last time I was on here, we were pricing, you know, five and a half and six times into the, the front year, followed by maybe another one and a half hikes for the following year. You know, we've eased off that given the rally that we saw on the front end after the most recent Bank of Canada meeting. But there are still attractive trades like one year, one year versus five year, one year, one year versus 10 year. I mean, one year, one year versus five year around last I looked, it was like negative 12 beeps and that got to negative 20. But that's about the lowest it has ever been. So if you do think that the Bank of Canada is going to hike rates a few times and then pause, then some of these forward gap trades take advantage of a more prolonged period of rate hikes as we absorb what happens. But I mean, there are also just ways of saying if inflation is going to continue to run hot next year, uh, then things like five-year bonds and 10-year bonds uh, look very expensive in Canada. And and that, that curve looks very, very flat. Now, would I go as far as to say the 10s, 30s looks too flat? That's a whole different animal. There's a technical picture behind 30s. One of the reasons we've seen 30 years run up so much into this time of year is we have a lot of extensions that have gone on in Canada. Uh, the market, I think, was less prepared for the extension that went on this time around. So I think it was a little more exacerbated. But, you know, 10s on the curve, whether that's two, whether that's fives, 10s, 30s, or one year, one year, 10 year, 30 year, or or however you want to structure it, that part of the curve looks too rich if we think inflation is going to be sticky. Fair points. I, I generally agree. And we'll be writing most of that in, in the preview for 2022. What are your thoughts on the curve for 2022? And I'll go through four different things and, and you can tell me your opinion on that. Uh, so flat I, or steeper? Why don't, we, why don't we make it simple? Flatter or steeper? It depends on what part of the curve we're talking about. Big curve, 530s. Big, okay, so 530s. I think 530s, you're going to actually see continued flattening. I think uh, I think a lot of the pressure fives have been the pivot point for more hawkishness from our central bank, and I think you're going to continue to see that trend. You know, the U.S. curve five thirties has been continuing to flatten. Uh, I think the lowest, the recent low we got there was probably fifty one beeps, and we're probably at least ten beeps away from that. And I would expect that breaks through in the new year, and I think Canada is going to follow suit. You know, our our long end has retained structural bid for it. There's also been a bunch of 
changes going on from an accounting standpoint. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about IFRS 17 and what that's going to mean for some of the insurance companies and, and the impact that that could have in the long end, which depends who you ask. But uh, I think there's a, a natural bid for some longer duration there as a result. And I think that's going to be supportive of 530s flattening. And, and I think you're going to see more pressure on fives uh, going through the year. Flatter. That's the answer. I agree. Uh, tough, tough to fight the trend, especially if, if rates are rising. Maybe once the if the bank pauses after a few hikes, then maybe you get some some bouts of steepening. But uh, the, the bigger trend is still there. Canada, the U.S. Canada, U.S. spreads. So beginning of the year, I got to say Canada is going to underperform the U.S. I think uh, we've come a long way. It also depends a little bit on the part of the curve that you're looking at. Why don't, but why don't we go with the long end? Yeah, I think I think Canada is going to underperform, but that's more just because. You know, looking at the massive performance we've had over the last month and the amount of supply that we have coming uh, in the first quarter of 2022. I mean, the, the provincial issuers have 32 billion of financing to do by the end of March, which, although it is a big number, I would probably point out that in January of 2021, they raised 20 billion in that month alone. So the market can absorb it. Now, that being said, when you have all in rates at these lower levels, it does, does sort of push out some of the marginal buyer. So I think you're probably going to see some give back from the big performance we've seen in Canada US in 30s. Uh, in the 10 year part of the curve, uh, it's a little bit trickier. I mean, I think 10s look very expensive in Canada. I think I'm going to go with underperform as well. I think 10s in Canada look rich on our curve. I think that's probably going to underperform. And that's kind of consistent with what I think is going to happen in fives, 30s. So I, I think will underperform in both sectors. Okay. Uh, and I, one thing I, I, my only retort would be on the, on the provincial side, a lot of that issuance, probably at least half, if not even more, will, will be international. Uh, so that, that means the Canadian market doesn't need to absorb that much, but it is still about a billion a week, which, which isn't, isn't nothing uh, by any means. So uh, definitely something to keep in mind. And, and on the Canada US theme, uh, I mean, I, I'd highlight kind of the five-year sector in, in that the market is still pricing a terminal rate in Canada of around 2%. And only 150 in the U.S. and that just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, and 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 I think as the year drives on and and we see rate hikes from the Fed and the market is able to absorb them uh, and the economy is able to absorb them well, I think that that probably moves uh, and, and Canada can outperform there a little bit. Uh, last but not least, uh, provincial and and CMB spreads. Well, uh, we've had a pretty good year for risk assets. They've gone, uh, you know, risk assets have remained bid even in the face of today where the Fed was, you know, uh, a little more hawkish and raised the dot plots. You know, you're still seeing a day where equities are, are up 300 points last time I looked on the Dow. And and uh, so, you know, risk has had a pretty good move and spreads have moved quite a bit tighter. IG spreads have moved tighter. High yield spreads are the backed off versus IG from the tightest levels that they were at, but we're still historically pretty rich. So I would say, I would expect spreads to widen, or I think there's not much room for spreads to really grind in considerably tighter from here. There's a little bit of, uh, I just don't think there's as much room to run. And I think, again, all in yields are probably going to prevent some of the marginal buyer from stepping into that product. You know, and if they do need to reach for yield, and if we do retain a a pretty you know, positive footing to the market or solid bid to spreads that they'll have to reach further out the credit spectrum than say something in the provincial market. So, you know, in that regard, I think there is room for for provincial spreads to widen a little bit from here. Uh, you know, maybe if we get yields selling off a lot, that could reverse course. But, you know, from here at net, I would say they could they could be in for a little bit of widening. Yeah, I, th- I think they're, they're definitely going to struggle just, just given the levels where we are. Uh, and if central banks are pulling back, that, that's... Uh 
generally not a good thing for risk assets. So they, they, yeah, they could struggle here, uh, at least for a bit. But if, if rates do back up, I think that would be a, a very big support. Then you see buyers come in when you get when you get 30-year provis back up to, I don't know, 3, 3% or so. Uh, you, we do see uh, some buyers tend to, to come in and, and lift at that level. So Ben, given it's the end of 2021 podcast and we're looking at forecasts or what we think for 2022, what do you think about, uh, you know, putting some levels on uh, where we think things are going to be in the middle of 2022? Okay, let's do it. Um, we'll make it interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll, why don't we wager a bottle of wine? Well, that sounds good. I've got my finest Jackson Triggs for you. <laughs> maybe I'll keep, maybe I'll let you keep that one. So what, what, what levels are we looking at? So why don't we throw something out there with fives, tens curve, and we're looking at June, June 1, 2022. Fives, tens curve, 10-year absolute Canada yields, and 30-year provincial spreads. Ontario. So fives, tens right now is trading around 14 basis points, between 14 to 15 basis points. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to believe that we're going to flatten materially, but... I mean, that, that's been the trend. I don't know why that's going to stop. And uh, if the Bank Canada is indeed raising rates and, and doing so probably in, in back-to-back or maybe three in a row, uh, that'll still be happening in June. So uh, I think flatter than where we are now. Uh, I'd go with kind of sub-10, somewhere between 5 and 10 basis points. Uh, so not hugely flatter, but there really isn't that much more to go. Uh, and, and that, now, I mean, non-zero probability of, of, of inversion, but I think that's kind of a long shot because rates just... I, again, I just don't think they'll be punitive enough to, uh, to to weaken the economy sufficiently to to drive that kind of response. Ten-year rates. Why don't Why don't you give the level on ten-year rates? Great. Uh, so, I mean, my forecast across the board is that rates are going to be higher from here than lower. I mean, that's not really a, the, the boldest call out there, given the move that we've had in the curve. But with ten-year rates kind of you know just below one hundred and fifty, I'm going to say. Uh, that you're going to see Canadian tens kind of in that 175, 180 context. Okay. I, I would take the over on that one, but that's me. Uh, so on provincial spreads, the last one, uh, I, I think a, a little bit wider from here. In the low 80s, call it like 80, 82, 83, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, I think that that's probably where we'll end up at that point. Uh, and so we'll see who, who gets these right. I was going to take slightly wider than you, but I, I, I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I was going to kind of get into that sort of 86, 86 level where we start to see some pretty good support, but I don't think we're going much wider than that. So we, we agree on that one. So it's, it's going to be the curve and the, and the outright rate where this, this wine bet gets yes, done. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, I think we can wrap things up for 2021. Uh, Adam, thanks again for joining me. Thank you again for having me. This is a joy every single time. <laughs> and it's a joy having you. So this is the final episode of Views from the North for 2021. I'd like to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to my podcast this year and hope you'll tune in in 2022 as well. Finally, happy holidays and happy new year to all. And I look forward to seeing and speaking to many of you next year. Thanks for listening to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns Incorporated, and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO, who are involved in fixed income and foreign exchange sales and marketing efforts. 
Accordingly, it should be considered to be a product of the fixed income and foreign exchange businesses generally, and not a research report that reflects the views of disinterested research analysts. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including, without limitation, any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances, or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options, or any other activity which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests in you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets in securities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of, issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For further information, please go to bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.